right, well, welcome to this episode of the Holy as Hell podcast. I'm CG. I'm DJ, and welcome back to Holy as Hell, mother. It's a hot girl summer, so you know she got a lit hot girl summer. Yeah, you know you got a lit hot girl summer. Now you know I got a lit hot girl summer. That's what put Meg on the map, didn't it? No, Meg was on the map with um, Big Old Freak. Oh, Big Old Freak was first. Mm-hmm. But even before that, she Because Big Old Freak, that's Tina Snow. I, I yeah. still don't understand who Tina Snow is. So Tina Snow is a play on, I think, it's not Zero. It's not Bun B. It's another Houston rapper. I feel like I should know this. Let me lose my Houston card. Hold on. Yeah, because I, I just see, I was like, Tina, I was like, is this a Sasha Fierce type thing? You know, when they, when they started Sorry, calling Beyonce a demon. Is it? Because um, she had a split personality. Pimp C, Yes. She wants to be the female pimp C. And that's what Tina Snow is. That is Tina Snow. They love her because she called. Okay. I mean, if it works, mm-hmm. which it is. So. Go, Meg. I was so happy when they released her tiny disc. I still haven't watched that, but you I, heard, I heard it was good. I heard, so I heard, good. She, I heard she killed that shit. Uh, I just want to be her friend in real life. Well, you can. I know. You really can. I'm gonna tweet her. You, you got Twitter constantly. Okay, I'll tell her we talked about her in the show. Yeah, shout out. We should. I'm a tagger. Let me know. Yeah, we gotta do it. Shout out to you, Meg Stallion. Yes. And Tina Snow. However yes. you feeling today. Well, welcome to this episode <laughs> oh, of Holy as Hell. Green yes, sense. we have started. Um, this is CG. And this is PJ Morton. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so if we're going to do the different names thing, then you got to let me know ahead of time. So I'll be ready Sorry. next time yeah, we introduce today. ourselves. So we are getting really comfortable here on the podcast. And we are so thankful, as always, for all of your feedback, all of your commentary, all of your boosting, and all of your support. Yes. And even for those who don't support us, we appreciate you, too. Right. Because in the words of the prophet... J. Cole, thank you, thank God, for my haters. Amen to that. Thank you all. Well, let's hop right into it. Oh, no, I had a question for you for today. Oh, yeah, you did. So we're going to start off with a question. I think that's going to be the thing for the start. All right, all right. What's the question? All right, you ready? Sure. Okay. What made you decide that Chauncey was the one? Oh, my God. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so I knew that Chauncey was the one because she was, so we've known each other since we were teenagers, mm-hmm. or preteens, like, and we dated uh, throughout, um, uh, well, we dated for a little bit in high school, but then that's not like really dating because we couldn't drive, so it was like, oh, that's cute. we were talking, <laughs> all we would do is talk on the phone. And we would, like, you know, ask about, can you take me to the mall? <laughs> so we'll go to the mall, and, you know, we walk around and hold hands and shit. Chauncey probably has a different account, but she's not on here. So, ah, you got so mine. So I'll go ask her. No. Yes. So, but I, but to your point, so I knew she was the one. We were, we all graduated, we graduated from uh, high school the same year. It was 2009. And I went to her graduation party. And I was just, and we were we were friends at the time. We, you know, we we still had a good relationship, so we were friends and we were talking. And her, uh, me and her mom uh, pulled me aside and was like, you know, I want to talk. So me and my, her, me and her mom had this really long conversation at her graduation party, and she Ooh. was so nosy the whole time, trying to break her neck to find out what we were talking about. And she still doesn't know what we talk about to this day. So y'all should feel privileged because she, st- oh, wow. she still doesn't know what me and her mom talked That's about. It's an exclusive. But we essentially talked about, um, I had told her mom, I was like, hey, yeah, you know, I think I'm in love with your daughter. <laughs> wow. And her mom was like, I know, because her mom, her mom was a prophet. So her mom oh, was, okay. <laughs> you know, you can't keep them for prophet. They know all your business. So mm-hmm. her mom was like, yeah, I know already. Um, but it all in God's time or whatever. So we were talking for a long time about that. But I knew there was something happened. Me and her had a whole bunch of weird experiences where we would just be out 
because we had the same friend group, and they would come to us and be like, hey, like, random people, like, off the street would be like, are y'all dating? Like, y'all, you know, y'all look good together and whatnot. And so, Aww. yeah, we started dating. Then we didn't talk. <laughs> so we went to college. She went to Spelman. I went to Fisk. And, yeah, there's um, some distance there. We started, you know, just randomly texting, came back home after our freshman year and really gave dating a shot. And on our first day, I remember it, like, downpoured rain. And we just sat in this, like, Qdoba for, like, two hours and just talked. Mm -hmm. And it was at that moment right there I was like, yeah, she's the one. She's the one I want. That's an R&B song that goes with this, but I don't know it, the words. I'll spare y'all, but, yeah. That was it. I knew she was one after the first date. Aww. Give the girl some hope. Yes. Because you know when you know. You you know. Men know when they know. And mm-hmm. if a, a man tells you he don't, that the man for you. Yeah. Amen to that. Exactly. If he got to do a Donnell Jones, <laughs> <laughs> I got to figure out if this is where I want to be. So let me go and play around to figure out if you the one. That ain't the one. <laughs> men know. That's a testimony. Tell your friends about me. Mm. Well, that's great. Did you get it? Was that the answer to the question? Yeah, that answered that question well. I, now I want to talk about Sierra and Russell um, Wilson, but we don't have time for that. Um, I'll be later. That? What are, yeah, what? Yeah, yeah. 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 Because yeah. <laughs> I'm, intri- I'm intrigued now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but we can kick it on off with numbers. We are in the fourth book of the Bible. And wow, we've been moving. We have. And so do what we usually do. We'll let you start off with Hood Bible Stories. Right. So put your seatbelts on, kids, because this one is <laughs> we're going for a ride um, in a rocket ship. So, you know, as he just said, um, we're in numbers. We've been through Genesis. We've been through Exodus. We've been through Leviticus. I don't know how we made it through that. And now we're in numbers. And so we're back again. We're doing this shit. And today our story finds us right back where we left off, right back in the damn wilderness. <laughs> so if you remember, <laughs> if you remember when we left off, these folks were at the wilderness. They were at, they were at Mount Sinai, right? Like God and everybody was pissed at each other. Um, remember, God moved in that tent and was like, I need to get close to y'all. And niggas were trying to walk in the tent. And God was like, nope, dust. So God was like, I need to know how many of y'all there are. Because yeah, apparently, yeah. like, nobody did a count. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody knew, actually, like, how many people was in, like, this large group of people that left Egypt. Like, nobody knew. Like, it was just like, a, oh, we going to leave. But, you know, grannies got left mm. and aunties was, you know, falling behind. So they was like, we need to do a census. So they did the first census, like, right here. Um, so God was like, do it. And the leaders and priests was like, bet. So they did the census. And God was like, it's hella, y'all. So y'all need some order and y'all need to be structured <laughs> and shit. So he was like, y'all need to be in, like, groups. So they made groups. And the groups had, like, very specific places to be. And they were like, damn, more work. So they did it. And the priests were like, damn, I hate this. And so... <laughs> Um, you know, Negro started doing it, um, but then guess what? That's what always happens with this phenomenal group of people. <laughs> um, immediately they started complaining. <laughs> so we're right back to where we left off. So yeah. the Israelites started acting like a damn fool. Like they started saying shit like, man, we wish we died in slavery in Egypt and Moses is whack and we hate you and God, you ain't never done nothing for us. And, mm-hmm. I, I, I. and Moses was like, you know what? I didn't do anything to y'all. God didn't give y'all manna and shit. Like, I've been working for y'all the whole time. When God wanted to, like, smite y'all, I was like, nah, God, like, we're going to, let's work, let's talk, like, let's figure it out. And y'all going to say this to me? Bet. So God was, like, God was listening in, like, bet, got you. So you know what? Actually, none of y'all are going to make it in the promised land. Mm-hmm. So none of y'all except for y'all kids are going to make it in the <laughs> promised land. So they was like, what? And God was like, God was like, yeah. So shit's getting mad, like, mad bad like tensions are all time high and bro moses uh even moses brother and sister was like moses you're trash like mary and everybody <laughs> was like yo you're trash and they started t- talking to a shit about him to the other leaders mm. they were like moses is bad uh and we need a new leader 
So this was stressing Moses out. And apparently Moses got so stressed, he started flexing. He was like, oh, y'all niggas think y'all could do this without me? Y'all can do this without me? Y'all can get to the promised land without me? And he was like, we do everything for y'all. Uh, we can even give y'all water out of this rock. And mm. so Moses hit a random rock with his staff oh, yeah. and the water came out. And God was like, did I tell you to do that? Did I tell you to tell them that? Did I tell you to speak for me? So God was like, Moses, dab, you're not going to the promised land either. Guess what? Joke's on you. So Moses was like, damn, now. So now he's stressed again. So it's real stressful. People want to die. They wandering around. They lost. Moses is like, you know what? I'm going to be solution-oriented because y'all getting on my nerves. So Moses decided he's going to send out 12 spies to go and spy into the uh, the next land. So he sends the 12 spies and all 12 of them come back. And 10 of them are like, hell the fuck no. We do we do not need to go that way. <laughs> nope, we are, we, these folks are going to die. Turn we do not around, need to go that around. way immediately. Uh, and two came back and was like, God finna show out. We're going to be all right. Let's keep it pushing. But of course, because <laughs> you know your folks. They just listened to the major- the 10 that came back and they was like, nah, we're not doing that. God, it's, it's, it's a loss. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're not. So God was like, you know what? Y'all still playing with me. So God <laughs> sent these snakes in to start biting people and shit. And the snakes was biting them and folks was dying. And he was like, oh, my God. Like, but he also gave him opportunity to be healed. So he told Moses, yo, pick up one of them bronze snakes and tell people to look at it if they want to be healed. So the people looked at the snake and they was healed or not. Because, you know, God be, you know, making playing a way. And playing with snakes. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, these, they keep journeying, they keep going and whatnot. And it's like, bam. So actually, they was getting spied on. So it was this weird leader who had peeped them. He was a king. <laughs> he peeped them, was like, ooh, I'm going to curse them. So he told his little wizard to come through and was like, yo, I need you to curse them real, them folks down there real quick. And the wizard was like, bet, I got you. So the magician tried to cast curses on them because, you know, he had just graduated from Hogwarts. So he had <laughs> so he had just learned all the spells. So he tried the Cruciatus curse. That ain't work. He tried the uh, Avada Kedavra curse. That didn't work. Oh, Nothing was work. And, in fact, every time he tried to curse them, actually, it only came out as a blessing. My God. So oh, anyway. Oh. <laughs> Wait, the, say that one more time. Every time he tried to curse them, it came out as a blessing. He couldn't say nothing else. Mm. So anyway, he told the king, he was like, yo, that didn't work. I don't know what these folks got going on on their side, but it's real. I don't play with that. And he told the king, actually, he had a vision that a king was going to rise out of these, out of these, out of them folks down there. And it was going to be a powerful force in this world. And the king was like, damn, I'm going to keep my eye on them. Uh, and of course, you know, the little Israelites knew none of this, you know, because they was down there complaining. Right. So basically, the story ends with these folks lost on the journey. Uh, this journey, you know, was supposed to take two weeks, uh, but it will be taking 40 years because these things are planned. Um, and <laughs> we will find out on next week's episode if they will ever get out of the wilderness. If I could bet money, I'd say no. And we already know that some of them are not going because God was like, dab, no. no. Um, and we end this story with Moses going up on this mountain and he's about to deliver what will be called his last motivational speech to the Israelites that he will give the end. Wow. I'm so stressed out <laughs> hearing that. <laughs> Who child? All these Israelites. Mm. They remind me of some people I know. Too, so. Her, actually, yes. Several. Um, yes. But in today's lesson in Sunday school, I want to actually focus on the rebellion of Miriam and Aaron that happens in Numbers 12. Mm -hmm. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Numbers 12 Mm -hmm. for today's Sunday school lesson. So before talking about what they did and why they did it, let's let's review who they are. So in Exodus, when Moses is Telling God and when God was, you know, the flaming burning bush, um, Moses like, God, I don't have good speech. Who is going to listen to me? And the Lord essentially says, your brother will be of assistance. Here he comes. Now, there are inconsistencies as to if Aaron and Moses are actually related. So, you know how we call people our brothers and sisters that aren't actually our blood related mm-hmm. sisters and brothers. The same thing is happening here. Like the Hebrew word that's used for brother in this context may actually just mean fellow clansmen um so if you know that about Aaron then you also need to know that about Miriam so 
in at the beginning of Exodus, when Moses is a baby and is just going down the Nile in the basket, it says that his sister was watching him. The text doesn't actually say that it's Miriam that's watching him. But later on, the text does say or the text tells us that Miriam is Aaron's sister. And then at another point in the text, it says that she's the sister to Moses and Aaron. So we're not quite sure if they are actually brothers and sisters. But yeah, um, it depends on who's reading the text and the other translations of it. Anyway, both Aaron and Miriam have a significant role amongst the Israelites. And so we learn after the Israelites cross the Red Sea and they're all celebrating, the text calls Miriam a prophetess. And so I think she may be the first female prophetess in the Bible that's Mm -hmm. named. And then Aaron, later on in Leviticus, becomes a priest. And so... They both have very significant roles mm-hmm. in the... Um, they're both leaders. Right. They both have community. things to do. So they're kind of like this trifecta of Moses is the mouthpiece for God. Aaron is then the priest. Miriam is the prophetess. So like DJ already said, there's just a lot going on here. And it sucks that... Even Miriam and Aaron get caught up in the foolishness. Mm -hmm. And so the way it starts off, like right in the first line of Numbers 12, they say that Aaron and and Miriam are coming from Moses' wife, Zipporah, um, because she was a Kushite. So she's darker skinned. Oh, Zipporah? Uh Uh-huh. Yep. She's a black woman, right? Yep. Um, And in addition to that, Miriam and Aaron are like, you know what? The Lord can talk to us too. But then God <laughs> hears them <laughs> as God does. And it's like, uh-uh, come on, come to the tent of me. And, you know, as much as I love it, when God calls them stiff-necked oh. in Exodus, um, the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible in this part says that God started off the conversation with, hear my words. That's how you know. You are in trouble with God. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Hear my word. <laughs> Period. And then God basically tells them that Moses can come see him at any time, you know, without sending the text or ringing the doorbell. Um, Miriam and Aaron, on the other hand, don't have that same access. And so then God is done getting them together. The cloud rolls away from the tent. Miriam becomes leprous and her skin <laughs> turns white as snow. Ooh. And then Aaron is like, oh, snap, don't don't punish us. And he's talking to Moses now, like the same Moses that he was just talking about Mm. earlier. And so Moses does what a good leader should do. Instead of just watching Miriam and then Aaron suffer, he calls upon the Lord. But unfortunately, because God is so tired of all of them, God is like, nah. And it says that. If her father had but spit in her face, would she not bear her shame for seven days? And so what ends up happening is that Miriam is shut out of the camp because she's clearly sick. And that's the end of the story. So what have we learned here today? Number one, leadership is already hard yes, it is. so consider the ways in which you lead and the ways that you lead with others we all know that it's hard to do what we're called to do when we can't trust the people around us Oof. but we know that Moses is better than all of us because he <laughs> continues to save them over and over, over again. again and even in that moment when Moses could have just turned a blind eye. He doesn't. He prays on behalf of Ooh, Miriam. What type of faith? And talks to God. And God, you know, God is already over all of them. But thank then. You. Thank God for Moses. Thank you. Envy makes it all worse. And so one of the biggest reasons why envy is dangerous is because we don't know how to confront it. It's a real feeling that if we don't recognize it, it becomes our own measure of self-worth. And we start to try to measure ourselves up against other people. And I'm going to say explicitly that what we see in other people, too, because we also don't know what someone else may be carrying in addition to the thing that we may see and envy in them. 
So Moses may have had the perfectly curated Instagram page, right? <laughs> but Miriam and Aaron didn't see what happened to him in real life in between the stories. Oh my God. Like, as you were talking about how these people kept rebelling, Moses had to deal with all of that. And that's a job that I would not want. Mm-hmm. Like, who wants to have to go to God every time and get fussed out by God and then get fussed out by the people again when you're trying to just save them. But again, we only see what we see. And then when we measure ourselves up against that, we miss the gifts and the talents that God has already bestowed upon us. So like we said earlier, Miriam, prophetess, Aaron, priest, like they both had privileges and responsibilities Mm -hmm. in living up to their calling but they in the time that they spent complaining about Moses' wife and about Moses like how many opportunities did they miss to walk into the thing that God had called them to because they were so caught up in what Moses had going on Mm -hmm. so with envy because I've had seasons of envy um sometimes we don't know what to do with that feeling because it's a very real feeling Um, But one of the ways that you can kind of fight it or reconcile with it is that you have to recognize what's real and what's true about you, because that's where your self-worth develops from. So we've kind of been learning in this in our vocation class, like the thing about having an internal meter. We're on one side. We have this belief that everything about us is great and we have no flaws Um, everything's positive Mm -hmm. but then on the opposite side um, we think that we're terrible horrible not worth anything Mm -hmm. people and so the goal here is to stay in the middle and recognizing the positive qualities about ourselves and the things that we do well and the things that are gifts and our talents while also recognizing that we have work to do at the same time And that's what we call realistic self-appraisal. Like you understand what, who it is that you are, what it is that you bring to the table, but in knowing the goals that you have, you know what it is that you need to work on. So for instance, I know in relationships, I can sometimes only see things from my point of view. So over the last few years, I've been working intentionally about being self are intentionally on being self-aware and like checking in with friends and asking them, well, how is life with me mm-hmm. to make sure that what I think I'm portraying is actually what is being portrayed and being open to correcting myself when I need to, because that's where growth lies. It's in the uncomfortable. It's in receiving the feedback and over time, what that does for you is it gives you something to be proud of for yourself, something that's like real, true and honest, like growth over time. And so when we're envious, we forget to look at ourselves and what's within ourselves. And then when we act on it, like Miriam and Aaron do, it causes more harm to everyone involved. So the Bible says that Moses was the most humble man, but imagine if he wasn't. We oh we're gonna keep that as a spoiler when we tell the people what happens when the Israelites finally make it or if they make it mm, or if they make it. or if they make it right but you know something happens when they get there but what would have happened if Moses had retaliated against Aaron and Miriam and what if he instead of praying for her like punished her think about how much more damaging that relationship would have been. Mm-hmm. So Sunday school lesson or lessons, know your self-worth, watch your envy, and then respond to it accordingly. Accordingly. Yes. Accordingly. I was thinking about envy this entire thing, and it's like even envy shows up even if we jump back, and we didn't talk about this story, but if we jump back to Genesis when mm-hmm. – um, Cain is upset at, yep. at his brother Abel. There we go. Because God was pleased with Abel's offering, and not that God disliked Cain's offering. He liked God appreciated uh, Abel's offering, mm-hmm. and he killed him for it. And mm-hmm. that was like 
I think the first blood that was spilled over envy, and so mm, mm-hmm. as envy of someone that's close, that, yeah, that's intimate close relationship. Um, and I, I, I think envy is a is a thing that constantly shows. Up. It shows up again with um, Joseph and his brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, over so it, so I think the important thing to notice is that envy is a a common theme in these in the books we've covered so far. That envy, that so it's something that even in the even in the Ten Commandments, you know, thou shalt not covet. I don't mm. remember which one that is. Yeah, it's one of them. But <laughs> it's so it's I I think to notice the common threat, the common themes, because that helps reemphasize like what's important or what's an important theme, and that this is something that you know they were they were struggling with then. So of course it's gonna be something we struggle with now, and it's a human part of us. Mm-hmm. There are even scriptures that talk about how God is jealous for our love and for mm-hmm. for um, our attention and so mm-hmm. it's a comp it's a complex thing um but what envy makes a per what makes a what makes a person do is uh you know do hurtful things and I, you know i think mm-hmm. I, I, I had to check myself i was like damn there's been sometimes i've been envious mm-hmm. or green or whatever <laughs> well and it it comes down to what we do with it because we we can be envious. We can see what other people have. We can want to do what they do. But there's a difference between me using then that as motivation for myself. Right. Or just continuing to like watch them. Because if I'm watching them, I am spending less time on becoming who God is calling me exactly. to be. Exactly. 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 And you and. You can't like you live like you just said. You literally can't focus on like mm-hmm. owning what's yours because you're so focused on what they got over there, what they doing. Mm-hmm. And there's been some constantly. I've had to check because and social media mm, elaborates. Yeah. We were just talking. I was talking about with somebody, but the whole thing about um people's marriages on social mm-hmm. media, like people who are married. You know, you post these real hot happy pictures and shit, and your kids be all beautiful, mm-hmm. and you know you have the right filter on, your skin be popping. It's like. Damn, I want to look like that. I want my relationship to be like that. I want my kids to act like that. You know, I want to have that type of whatever, whatever. And they, but you don't understand. Like people are only posting the good things that are happening. Mm-hmm. They're not posting the times when their lights was off, when their gas was off, when kids, <laughs> when the kids, yeah, when the kids bath. are like, you know, pooping all over the house. Like when people aren't talking about that, and it does happen. Um, and so, yeah, I think addressing envy and and, and lust and all that stuff. Um, is a um, is a uh, is something that happens today, and I think social media helps or be- exacerbate that. Mm-hmm. Shit. So, I'm, what should we do if we feel envious on social media? What should we do if we feel envious on social media? Mm-hmm. The right answer would be to do what Moses do. What would DJ do? <laughs> DJ would act the fuck up. Um, and I, I, I've had to. There have been times when I realized that I was getting in, I was feeling away on social media, and I literally had to, I had to, that was like, I have to take a break now. Yeah. I literally have to log off. I have to get this app off of my phone for a bit because I need to recalibrate. Yeah. So those are moments when I've had, that's, that's what I've had to do. I've had to literally be like, you know what? This ain't for me right now. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to take a beat. And I doubt, deleted them off my phone. And got my mind right, you know, watched mm-hmm. some divorce court, and I got back to it. <laughs> because watching divorce court, you realize how much more you have going you on. You really, really. <laughs> Ooh, child. Oh, um, I love it. But also a Quality simple trash. unfollow works, too. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Yeah. You know, and do what Moses did. Pray for people. And pray for yourself if you feel like you're going through a season where you feel super envious of someone. And mm-hmm. maybe talk to somebody too, because that's also a way that envy works. We we don't yeah, want to talk about so the good. shame that's attached to wanting what someone else has. That's so good. Yeah, that's so good. That's so important because mm-hmm. we all we all feeling it. We all we're all feeling a way. It's like damn, they got there. They go again, thriving in life, or there they go again. You know, doing this, doing that, and it's like man, you know, it's like talk to somebody like. I think that's a big thing too. Is like we mm-hmm. like the whole suffering silence thing. Yeah, is people don't want to talk about when they suffering and when they um when they got, you know, issues going on. Like talk about it. Like I've had mm-hmm. people come up to me and was like, I'm not in the space. I, I think I heard it best put this way. You know, I'm I'm really trying to be happy for you, 
but I ain't happy for myself right now. So yeah. it's really it's really hard for me to be happy for you. Mm-hmm. And I think I think owning that is okay. Um, I had to. I guess I'll go ahead and overshare. Um, <laughs> so you know, I had to I had to take time off of school uh, after I had my daughter, um, and so I didn't graduate with my class with mm-hmm. my um from my master's. So didn't mm-hmm. graduate with my class, and and in in owning the fact that I was upset i was i was in mourning because those were people like i started my program with and you know wanted to end with and i see them in life flourishing and i'm like damn man that's supposed to be me i'm supposed Mm -hmm. to be doing it i'm supposed to be with them but literally when i say god had literally has been blessing me like in ways Mm -hmm. i could not have imagined that would not have happened had i not taken that time off to like you know make sure stuff was like taken care of like the opportunities that I've been presented with, the people I've connected with, and just on a personal level, like the way the ways in which I've grown, I I couldn't have, I I I couldn't have. My journey has literally been my journey, mm-hmm. and so I think uh, the thing to do has been to like talk. But I had to talk about that first, right? Like I had to talk to you. I talked to other people in my class. I talked to Chauncey. It was like, uh, you know, you on your own path right now. Right. And you got to honor that. And by honoring that, God is going to take care of you because mm-hmm. you you're literally on your journey and no two journeys are going to be the same. Right. So Aaron and Miriam, you know, watch out for your brother. Care about him, support him, but also know he's carrying the load. He is carrying the load because I'm sure... I'm sure he was like, I'm gonna beat Moses' ass. He didn't right, and he didn't. <laughs> he want hit that rock though. He didn't want that cloud smoke. That's what he, <laughs> <laughs> that cloud was up in the sky, like what? And what you gonna do, Moses? <laughs> you saw what I did to Miriam. Think about what I'll do to you. Mm. Do you want to be out there? Just like that, smoke. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that is all we have for Sunday school. Let's take a break. Yep. Are we? Going to a sponsor? Yes, yeah, so we have a sponsor this week. Um, they just came through and emailed me, so we have a sponsor. Um, we have a quick word from our sister Esther. She's back again. Yep. All right, and we're back yes. with this week's edition of Sermon Notes, and so we have a done this for a few episodes but we're gonna go ahead and bring it back because my brother dj preached a sermon a few weeks ago and he thought no one was gonna catch it when he said it on the podcast and so here he is Mm. coming live from the studio Mm. with his sermon oh that's my cue oh hey yes so chris was making me do the show i just want y'all I want that to be on the record. Um, on the record. So I preached a sermon a few weeks ago. My homie Darcy, shout out to Darcy, a local pastor in town, was like, yo, come through. Talk to my folks. And the theme was boundless possibilities. So this whole idea around being boundless or God being boundless and all that. Mm-hmm. So I preached a sermon titled, What Does It Truly Mean to Be Boundless? Mm-hmm. Um, and it all started from a idea from a movie. If anybody knows me, y'all know I love movies. Like mm-hmm. I love movies. Like I am planning on watch. I watched Toy Story four th- today. I'll probably watch it about three more times within the next two days. I love movies so much. That's my love language. Um, but a movie I grew up watching was one of my favorites, Forrest Gump. <laughs> and I'm of course, <laughs> of course. So if you haven't seen Forrest Gump, it's a it's a good movie. You should check it out. But basically, there's this one scene in the movie where Forrest is, like, running, and he has these braces on his legs. And so he can't really run. He's running from the bullies. And so he, like, pushes his limits, and the braces come off, and he actually starts running, which is what nobody thought he'd ever be able to do. Mm. And I begin to think about what does it mean for us to push past our limitations and to start to take off the limits and chains that hold us. And so I had really three main questions in this sermon. First question was, what does it mean to be boundless in our bodies? And so I really kind of here talked about what does it mean physically to push the limitations of our body? So a lot of times when we physically have goals like you want to lose weight or you want to eat better or you just want to fast for spiritual reasons, we often 
give up or give in because of how we feel or what we want physically. Um, and we just, you know, we don't we don't put in the effort. We don't put it in uh, with our bodies. Um, actually, when it takes to get close to people, how does how does that play in? So we talked about that. And then my second question was, what does it mean to be balanced in our minds? And so what does it mean to, like, not conform to all these ideals about um, – I'm a former teacher, so we used to test kids a lot. So mm-hmm. we would test mm-hmm. kids, and we basically – and Crystal knows that she's a teacher too. We put a lot of emphasis on intellectual ability and, you know – What's your ACT score? What's your SAT score? What's your IQ? Like, what you get? You know, what did you get on this standardized test? What, did you master the standard? How many questions did you get right? Uh, you know, there was this really big thing when we were growing up. Was like a Rubik's cube. Like, how quick can you solve a Rubik's cube? And mm-hmm. how that measures your intelligence somehow. So, what does it mean to take all that off and to still be able to have to to think balancedly in your mind and to and for that to be um, understood and respected. And then the third thing I talked about was being balanced in your relationship. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean to be balanced in a relationship? And I really talked about here was forgiveness. And the same way that God forgives, uh, we have this relationship where God says, you can always come back to me and I will always forgive you. Mm. Do we have that same kind of relationships in our own lives where people can harm us? And people can do things to us. And yet, in time and time again, we will always say, you know what? I'm going to forgive you. Um, and I think, and I talked about that pre the climate. And I actually preached this sermon on the same day that um, uh, Kobe died. And so I had actually found that out after this sermon. But that was something that I talked about and kind of challenged people on. And so I ended with talking about my own experiences as a teacher and how I had this one student who always, always, most of the time, misbehave. And so... <laughs> Got a few of those. They al- always knew how to push my buttons, always knew how to get on my nerves. And did I... Was I balanced in my body in, like, trying to get close to him and trying to understand mm. uh, instead of, like, trying to have him far, far away from me? Right, right. Did I try to, like, really get close to him and understand? Did I... Was I balanced in my thinking? Did I understand that he could do everything regardless if he had a um IEP or if he had mm-hmm. a um you know some type of uh disorder um was I balancing my relationships with him did I forgive him every time he did something hmm. uh and probably all the answers to the question were no and so I you know I, I was being a little vulnerable and transparent in this moment but what does it really mean that we serve a god who we say is boundless and what does that mean about us? If we say we serve a God that is balanced in all these ways, does that mean that we can be balanced too in these same things? And so I presented that question, and the people of God were somewhat pleased. I felt personally attacked <laughs> and redeemed in the same sermon. Absolutely not. I'm so glad you um, brought up your teaching background because I think teaching really prepared me for ministry. Like the idea of every day I have to see the same kids. So what happened yesterday, I could either let it matter or move on from it. And the fact that while they're fully formed human beings, they're also not where I am in my maturity. Mm -hmm. And so you quickly learn that people are people and you see how little people become big people who haven't healed from things and so in a classroom setting it's up to you to facilitate that healing Mm -hmm. facilitate that forgiveness because they're watching you every step of the way so yeah shout out to you (laughs) bringing all the feels um You mentioned something about when people misstep or, you know, from the Lord's Prayer, I like when it talks about um, forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed Mm -hmm. against us. Like the whole, everything we've covered so far, there's this element of God being trespassed against and forgiving God was angry. Let's be clear. <laughs> Pissed. 
mad. (laughs) (laughs) But there's this element of, okay, let's try it again. Mm -hmm. Let's see what we can do. And I even struggle in my relationships to do this. And it's funny because... I have a friend that always points out, like, you you generally like 90% of the people you're around, Crystal. But then there's that 10% mm-hmm. that gets under your skin. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was thinking about my 10% as you were talking. It's like, ooh, can I forgive? Mm-hmm. Can I continue to forgive? Because forgiveness is such a complicated yet simple process because we say forgive, but are we forgiving people when we're holding grudges inside yeah. of ourselves? Mm-hmm. Are we forgiving people when we avoid them intentionally? Mm-hmm. Now I do think that forgiveness doesn't necessarily need to lead to reconciliation, especially because of harm that can be done. But when your destiny is connected to someone else's and something has been someone has been wronged in the situation. I firmly believe that if you can forgive and reconcile, then you should probably try to because it only enhances our experiences of being in relationship and understanding the complexity of just being human people who live, who breathe, who think, who make mistakes and who deserve and who also need to forgive other people. Yeah, it's 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 hard. It's forgiveness is I think like you said, it's it's complex and I I've been on both sides, so I've been I've been the person who's needed to be forgiven mm-hmm. as well as the person who needed to do the forgiving and it was like it was hard on one it was yeah it's just uh and i've 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 actually it's been something that's been rearing its head up because i'm in a situation right now where i really need to like forgive this person and chris know what i'm talking about and i need to talk to this person and i'm the whole the 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 carnal my flesh side of me is like nope not doing it don't do it Mm -hmm. no i'm gonna drag it out like nah be pissed be upset be in your feelings be all of that Mm -hmm. and there's a voice like way 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 in the back of my head (laughs) that's like nah fix it figure it out make it happen because the whole other part too is that life is short Mm -hmm. and you know it's Mm -hmm. like how many people do we know who like who who God forbid something happened to them and were gone before their time or what we felt like before, was before their time and, you know, left so much unsaid. And I, one of my biggest fears is, like, having regrets. And I would hate to, like, mm-hmm. have something happen to where I can't, you know, heal from something or, I, or, you know, I can't or somebody can't express something to me. So, I, you know, while you have the time to forgive somebody, like, do it. Like, don't. Yeah. Like let that shit go, like you know, and I and I know I'm I know saying it is way easier than doing it, but you know, in perspective, it's like I think about it like shit. I was mad at people about five years ago. I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. I can't. I, even, I couldn't tell you what. And I'm sure there was something that I was pissed about, but I can't even remember. And so you know, time does heal wounds, and I hope that you know you guys can start to forgive the people in your life and if you feel like you need forgiveness you know you know if you know you feel like you want to initiate that <laughs> you know do that too you know yeah. be, a, be a big person there's actually this book titled why won't you apologize Zam. and it gets at the whole notion of why it's so hard to be on both sides of conflict and to be on the side of needing forgiveness and the side of needing to extend forgiveness And so if you're looking for a resource that can teach you how to forgive when you haven't been apologized to, or if you know you need to work on apologizing to others, because I know there's like a meme going, no. What is it? The question of how do men apologize? (laughs) Like that's going around right now. It's like, it was, it was seen a few, it was like how your mom apologized. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought it was like, I bought you something while you out. Mm Mm-hmm. No, mom. I like an apology. <laughs> you want to wear something from my closet? Let me get you something. Is that what moms do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's my mother. Um. 
my mom would my mom would just be like, she bring me a happy meal and we mm-hmm. we be good. Yeah, I understand. So. Yeah, yes, being boundless in our relationships, being boundless in our bodies, being boundless in our godliness. Yeah, that's a word. Well, I'm glad somebody reflected. Uh, if you'd like to hear that sermon, you can run on over. <laughs> <laughs> To uh, Park Ave Baptist Church, they have it on their podcast, uh, on Spotify, on their website. So you can check that out. Um, please don't feel obliged to. And if you have a sermon that you'd like us to listen to, mm-hmm. send us the link, tag us in it. You know how to reach us: Facebook, Twitter, Holy as Hell Pod, and reach us at our email at. Uh, ask holy as hell at gmail.com and uh we'll be back right right back we're gonna wrap up the show i know that you're into me why don't you feel with me right and we're back we're back we're back to wrap up the show 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 anything CG. I had something and I lost it all in that moment. Don't blame um, me for that. So, yes, yeah, so Saints, um, we've enjoyed this time with you again. Um, once again, you know how to contact us. Uh, any shout outs, prayer requests? Shout outs, prayer requests. Um, shout out to all of the upcoming generation of black theologians especially in academia i know a lot of y'all that are already in your phd program mm-hmm. studying the hebrew bible and My learning God. greek and what talk about that? systematics and it. these larger existential questions that you know us regular people just can't even begin to think about can't even spell existential yeah. <laughs> barely so yeah shout out to all of you shout out to everyone that's also working on phd applications because we know it is a process. Shout out to all of you who are receiving acceptances into your programs. May the Lord bless you and keep you with a wonderful graduate assistantship and stipend in this season. Yes, come on, full assistantship. Yes. We're claiming it. Right. And I definitely want to shout out. Um, I got two shout outs. I'm going to shout out Crystal because she pulled me from a ledge earlier. <laughs> Um, cause I was teetering on the ledge. Um, she definitely helped me think through some things so I, that I didn't snap and pop, snap, crackle and pop on these. I was afraid earlier. Cause, um, yeah. So shout out to you for holding a black man accountable and down. Uh, and another shout out goes to, um, I know some people who are, no, no, no. My shout out goes to anybody who is a teacher. Yes. Because this world does not give y'all y'all damn due. And y'all mm. are literally holding on to the next generation. So literally thank God for y'all. I'm shouting all of y'all out. Day. Y'all are doing it. Y'all don't get paid enough. That's some Shh. bullshit. That's another story. People are always talking about what y'all could be doing, what mm. y'all should be doing. Mm. Tell all them you can send all them my way because I got time. So and y'all, because you, you got papers to grow, and you don't, and that and that's a damn problem. Parents coming in on your damn planet, so you can't eat your uh, Chick Fil A. So I uh, so shout out to you, you bomb. Don't let nobody tell you different. Um, mm-hmm. Sending all the prayers, all the good vibes, all the love and light. Sending any all of that your way because you deserve. Y'all deserve it. Y'all really do. And mm-hmm. I just it, let me know what time y'all want to walk out of school and protest, and I'm there because I'm 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 for it because that's some that's some bullshit, and I I hate it. But shout out to y'all because y'all deserve it and y'all are dope on the front lines. That's my shout out. All right, any prayer requests? Um, I got mad applications to do. I'm applying for some fellowships and and um programs 
So mm-hmm. I'm finishing applications for that. So trying to, um, you know, stay on top of that. I, also, I've gotten, I've gotten asked to speak at a few things recently. Ooh. So I'm just trying to prepare for that and, you know, honor what this season looks like. Because I'm like, God, what? Oh, who am <laughs> like Moses in front of that bush? God, who is me? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even talk right. <laughs> who am I to judge? <laughs> mm. So all of those things were praying that just I'm a good steward of like these opportunities that come my way and for the opportunities that I'm asking for mm-hmm. uh, that I'm praying, you know, that it all works out. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, at the point in which we release this episode, I will be in a swift season of transition. Ay, so there will be a lot of new ay. things happening in my life and a lot of adjustment and so I just pray that um that I continue to have peace and I'm able to walk into my new season worry and doubt free um and that I'm also open to all of the good things that God is bringing into my life um I had someone remind me the other day of the importance of celebration which is hard especially when you're always going for you're always moving you always have something to do and so I really hope the next few weeks that I'm able to sit in a space where I can celebrate what the Lord has done in my life oh because he has done it in your life and we thank God Yeah. She got big news, y'all, but you know, we'll ce- we're gonna celebrate her on, <laughs> on, in the in the time. Don't worry, I will include you guys in the celebration. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so thank you for that. If you have prayer requests that you would like for us to pray for, because we mm-hmm. Crystal is a prayer warrior, um, so are you. <laughs> you can send them to axholyseal at gmail dot com. We will mm-hmm. include them on here, um, and we will be praying for you all. Yeah. So praying for you all. We're going into a new month. Yeah. Go Life strong. Black History Month was a, was lit. Black History Month. I saw a meme. It was like Black History Month starts January first and ends December thirty first. Amen. And I was like, you better run that. Let these folks know. Black all year. Black all all. Th- what they say? Twenty five eight. <laughs> I'm black. Yep. Run it. All right. All right, y'all. That's a wrap. We'll see you next time. See ya.